All right, good afternoon, everybody. Mike Stefano here with Dalton. Uh, welcome to the Only the Strong Survive podcast uh, from Recruit Strength. This is uh, our first, what do we call this, distance podcast? Yeah, first uh, first long distance. It's a, it's a long distance relationship now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know Five, 600 miles <laughs> apart now? No, I think it's a lot more than that. Is it? I want to say it's like a thousand. Good God. Well, there you go. A thousand miles. That's what it took. A thousand mile move in order for us to get our next podcast uh, recorded there. So, uh, yeah. So those that don't know, uh, Dalton left us to bigger and brighter things and I greener <laughs> pastures over there. Uh, so, so where are you at now in Texas? I'm in San Antonio now. So over here now, back in the mechanics career field for the Air Force, but well, uh, that can be a separate topic in like two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how much so, longer you got in the Air Force there? Two years. They had to extend to come out here. So I originally only had like a year and a half left on my contract. But in order to actually uh, PCS or permanent change of station and move out here to be my wife, I had to extend for six months. So gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So y'all moved in and uh, settled oh, yeah. in now? We're moved in. Things are settling down now. Um, office is coming together finally. Uh, I got the standing desk in here now, which is a I like that we have the same color nice. walls. <laughs> yeah. It looks like we're in the same room, but we're not. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, things are coming together. We got a good amount of furniture. So apparently my wife is like really good at getting uh, either free stuff or the stuff that's like extremely discounted we have a five thousand dollar bed that she got for like 600 bucks so uh you guys got any gym equipment like that's what i'm saying <laughs> let me know you guys have what texas strength systems and texas power mm -hmm. bars right in your backyard so pretty much let's uh let's 30 minutes away yeah <clears throat> oh. speaking of you uh you get settled in a new gym yet yep uh actually going over to tss texas strength systems so how's that a lot of college kids, which makes sense, but no, it's a, it's a nice facility as far as like what they all, what all they have there. They have pretty much everything there that you need. Um, it's basically recruit strength on crack. So, <laughs> uh, no, it's a nice facility. They, it uh, does get a little crowded since they do a lot of the UTSA uh, yeah, team training over there. A lot of, of high school athletes and everything. Powerlifting's big in Texas for sure. Yeah, I, yeah, I like the the list you sent me. I'm pretty sure i could throw a rock and find a meat on a weekend so that ain't a bad thing yeah. no no i'm probably gonna end up volunteering for a few of them if they have them at the uh at the gym so yeah get going with that for sure so i guess that uh that'll bring us into our topic for the day is uh adapting mm -hmm. adaptations in and outside the gym <clears throat> so so how did you do it? How did, how, how is it, how is it adapting to uh, your new environment over there? Uh, let's see. So I guess I'll give a rundown, like what it was before. So like before in Florida and everything, I was basically my own boss. So I had to pick up like when I wanted to come in, when I wanted to leave, what I wanted to do that day, things like that. So I was given a lot of leeway here. You know, it's not like that. No, I've got a 
six thirty to three thirty job now. I gotta so, listen to people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like ah, ah, cool. And then I gotta so like I said, I went back to the mechanic career field. Um, not the not the average mechanics career field that you would think about, but uh, it's a side of me uh, mechanics career field that I've never been on of. So I have to relearn every little bit of it. So that's an added stressor that I have to adapt to and whatnot. So it's coming here. There's a lot more stressors outside the gym as far as like getting everything set up, getting HOA, getting uh, furniture. Oh, you gotta be an um, adult. I know, right? <laughs> Crap. <laughs> I'm go back to not being an adult, but so, so would you say, I mean, I know with making your own schedule, you can kind of create your own habits the way you want them to be, but would you say with, with having this forced schedule? Cause I mean, if people don't know, I'm on the same thing. I have a forced schedule that I, uh, you know, I work four tens per week, but mm -hmm. I'm able to move them around the days and everything as needed based on whatever I have going on, you know, that day on my schedule. And then I work a lot of overtime exactly. on the weekend and everything, but would you say that that's almost easier for you though, to kind of fit everything into that, that schedule and create that habit? Yes and no. So it doesn't leave a lot of spare room outside the gym. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, getting up, if it's a poor time at six 30, like getting up like five 30, getting everything ready and going. Luckily our house is only 10 minutes away from base. I literally just, you know, hop, skip and jump out of my house. And then I'm at the base. I'm at work. Um, outside of things because i'm finally with my wife and stuff like that's one of the priorities now spending time with her getting things uh getting into routines and habits and stuff with her is one of the priorities that we're trying to work on so like things have to be a lot more scheduled like you like you were saying like things are becoming more of a habit um it was a lot easier when i was in florida it's just you know if i wanted to work from home i could and yeah. just take care of other things. But here I've got to make sure, you know, hey, I've got time with my wife. You know, that's first and foremost, you know, that's got to be something that's a priority, at least in my eyes. But oh, absolutely. So like, yeah. Family is always number one, man. Exactly. And it's like, you know, unfortunately, right now, like coaching and doing all this other stuff is not the number one thing, but it's my number two, number one <laughs> being my contract. But it's something where if I want to continue this, like I have to make sure that I'm on top of things. Like, you know, my wife and I sit down we're, in the past couple of weeks, what we've been doing is kind of scheduling out the week. Like, what do you have going on? What do you want to work on? Things like that. So um, like today, you know, scheduling, not, not necessarily like really scheduling gym time, but scheduling, you know, Hey, I want to be back by this time. And then when I get back, this is a game plan from there. Right. So it's like, you know, this is what I'm doing client programming. This is what I'm doing client feedback. This is what I'm doing uh, any kind of like content for social media or anything like that, which should be picking up in the next like week or so. Uh, I'm not a ghost. So <laughs> we were just talking about that the other day, actually. I was like, man, what are these going good at all? And I haven't seen him post anything recently. And then mm -hmm. right after that, you posted that, uh, that knee wraps video that you had. Yeah. So. Yeah. <clears throat> so, no, I mean, it's just, it's me figuring out what does and doesn't work. So it's like, you know, if I'm coming home and I got like an hour, is that day the best day to like sit down and try to do things with clients or, 
content or, you know, is it just the, is it the best time to sit and relax and just right. hang out with my wife where, you know, I'm trying to put more of an emphasis on the whole like relaxation part because my wife pointed out, she's like, you go 24 seven. It's like, <laughs> whoops. And it's, it was part of like poor my time management back in Florida on my part. There were so many juggling things. It was just too many priorities at one time. Yeah. Yeah. That definitely happens. And then of course, you, you know, you always drop one of the things that you're juggling. So yeah, <clears throat> something has to take its, uh, its toll. Something has to, to give way there. Exactly. But to, to kind of like tie it back in like adaptations and stuff like that. Um, so back in Florida, um, people in the gym might've noticed, like I wasn't, I wasn't as uh, pushing as hard as I usually do or having as strict as like a time schedule as I usually was there or whatever. Um, and that was just simply because those were the times to get in um, as far as like pushing and stuff and the things that I was programmed to do since I programmed myself. I took a lot of things off. I took a lot of volume off because like the recovery aspect, the, if you can think of like adaptation within like a, a bucket, you know, I only had so much to give into that bucket or to dig into that bucket. So it was like, where do I allocate my adaptations, my recovery, things like that. Um, but now like getting things set up, getting things settled, that bucket's filling right back up. So it's nice. Um, I actually, we can talk about this later uh, in the podcast if you want, but like I've changed the way I've been setting up my cycles and stuff like that. My, uh, my training splits. So in the past couple of weeks, it's worked great. I've had a lot more recovery. I've had a lot more uh, frequency as far as like the number of days I'm hitting certain and things. Is that and, because you're adapting to the new schedule? Um, adapting to the new schedule, trying to make things where it's, I'm not spending three hours at the gym. You know, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm doing a lot better than actually like spending two hours at the gym instead of three. It's like in that, in that extra hour, you know, how much time am I BSing? You know, uh, I'm doing this whole stopwatch thing. It's like, you know, you only spend a certain amount of time that you need to between sets. And it's like, I'm not burying my face in Instagram or anything like that anymore. I'm not checking emails. Like, you know, it's straight, let's get the work done and then we can leave and then we can focus on other things. So, Good. but as far as like other adaptations we've had to make, you know, since coming out here and stuff, you know, the whole, uh, I'm training a lot earlier. So instead of training around like six, I'm training around two, two thirty sometimes. Mm. Um, I've, like I said, moved my things around my uh, gym schedule around a little bit to where, you know, I have more days in between to recover. So instead of going maybe Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, or, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and having five days, I'm down to four days a week right now as just like a, Hey, let's get in the gym, get the basics covered and go from there. So and I've got about two days between in the, in the middle of the week, just so it's easier on me. I don't have to rush things during the week and be stressed out the entire week, trying to make sure everything's getting there. So, so you're doing, you're doing four days back to back or you're doing like two with one off then two with two off. It's basically that two with two off two. So right now it's looking like Sunday, Monday, taking Tuesday, Wednesday, and then training Thursday, Friday, having uh, Saturday to recover again, and then going back Sunday. And then I can, I can push those around if I need to, or switch things around. Like 
you know, if I'm squatting on Friday, maybe I don't want to squat again on Sunday. Right. But if I feel good. Like today, I squatted today again after squatting on Friday. I felt pretty good um, as far as like recovery. So I was like, all right, let's go in, let's push it. Uh, the one thing I'm already trending towards actually hitting a lot higher numbers. So, which is pretty nice. The biggest, the biggest thing that's holding me back right now is just moving quality in my opinion. So, but that's, uh, that's an adaptation for in the gym that we can talk about if you want, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as outside the gym, there, well, there's, you know, like nutrition there's inside and there's outside. So yeah. adapting inside the gym, how, how are you, how are you working with that? Is this is, let's, let's look at inside and outside real quick. So with, with outside the gym, with your, your new job function and everything, did that really change your, um, physical aspects of your job at all it is a lot more physical um so there's a lot more moving around as soon as i get trained up and stuff like that first couple of weeks have been a lot of desk work a lot of setting lot of trainings uh anybody who works for the government you'll know you know the hour-long trainings you have to do and there's like 30 of them so it's right now it's a lot of desk work but should be getting back into actual like physical work but it's something I've had to do is just kind of, you know, make sure to move around even during work, mm-hmm. you know, find places where I can either do some mobility or some stretching something. Uh, since the mood, like my thoracic ability has kind of uh, taken a little bit of a hit and it's really shown in my squat. So I'm getting a little bit of a, a pitch forward at the bottom. So not being able to stand up straight as much as I would like, hmm. but yeah. So, I mean, it's where we were talking about things outside the gym. So it's simple as like just adding in some, some extra mobility routines at night or something, or just making sure like, Hey, stand up. Don't be hunchback Notre Dame over your computer the entire day. Cause it's literally like eight hours worth of just trainings I'm pouring over. So, so once you start going to the more physical aspect, are you going to adjust your programming based on that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, luckily I don't think there'll be a lot of like physical labor as far as like high intense physical, physical labor. It'll be mostly working just, you know, with smaller, smaller things. The only thing that might, uh, might have to change is like water intake and stuff like that because, because of the building we're in, you know, sometimes, the summers get a little hot so it just really depends on that so if things go if things go in a direction where you know i'm sweating constantly at work and i'm getting drained from being at work like that we may look at you know taking some volume down somewhere or maybe shifting things around again to kind of uh reevaluate like what days am i actually spending where you know i'm doing more physical labor than you know, some of the other days, cool. Let's take that day and take afterwards. Let's move that workout to another day where I'm not doing as much physical labor on that day. Right. And just kind of take the rest of that day to recover. So, I mean, I do something similar too when we have, you know, heavy days and when we're out at the training yard at the drill yard, mm-hmm. we're burning a lot and everything like that. So yeah, exactly. I'll just try to rotate my schedule around to make it fit. So like, okay, mm-hmm. if I do two days on, one day off, I'll try to make sure that that one day off is a day that I'm going to be, you know, doing some, a lot of manual labor at the, uh, at the drill yard. So 
yeah. that way I'm not trying to do both the same day because I know one or the others, like, like you said, with the buckets, one or the other is going to give exactly out somewhere. So do I want to run out while I'm at work and I'm in a potentially dangerous area or do I want to run out when I'm in the gym and I've got, you know, 500 pounds on my back? Uh, neither. Yeah, so exactly. Trying to split that up makes it, uh, makes it a little bit more bearable. Yeah. And especially like with you, you guys spending what training days in a, in a burning building at like 120 degrees with gear on phrasing. It's like probably like 130. Like it gets pretty hot. With, like, oh yeah. Yeah. During, during the actual burns, we're looking at about 350 degrees at the, uh, the three foot mark. So where we're kind of at is about 350 degrees. So that's, it's, it's literally, so I, was, I was way off, but yeah. Literally an oven. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like if you're spinning, I'm imagining you're all probably spending an entire day training, probably. Yeah, right? yeah, we're not the whole day is not in the in the burning building. Obviously, you know, we we kind of we'll burn, then we'll take a break, we'll clean everything up, and because we're doing scenarios and stuff like that in the in the yeah. that atmosphere. But I mean, we'll get about four burns in in a day's span. So you're looking at about a solid two hours total inside the mm -hmm. building. But then, like you said, there's other times, you know, we're still in our gear wandering around the drill yard and cleaning stuff up and doing whatever we have to do. So it, it's yeah, exactly. Uh, and it's like, it's intensive and it's hot. <clears throat> yeah. And if you're trying to squat after doing something like that, like no, it, goes, it goes very poorly. <laughs> so it's, you got to have such a high work capacity for something like that. And then you're not going to be a powerlifting athlete if you're trying to do that. If you're, if you're somebody who can do that, yeah, powerlifting is probably not what you're doing. You're probably more of like a marathon runner or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Or CrossFit yeah. or whatever. Even like, you know, you look at some of the athletes that that I coach and, and they have that type of schedule, you know, where they're even just something as simple as lawn care or, you know, construction, stuff mm -hmm. like that, where they're outside for eight, 10 hours a day, just getting their asses kicked the whole time. It, that's definitely going to take its toll on you. It's going to make you tired. Yeah wear you out real real quick so the amount of effort you're able to put into the gym is definitely uh uh lowered for sure yeah it brings up the topic of like you know kind of like what we talked about in text before this is like setting up your surroundings to or setting up your own adaptations outside the gym mm -hmm. like so for instance like i'm getting up at 5 30 like i'm not at that point i'm not wanting to sit down and eat like you know, I'm putting my food, just oats and stuff like that in a blender and blending it so I can drink mm -hmm. it on the way. It's like, that's the easiest way for me personally to get my food in before I have to go. So, and then it's like taking water with me and stuff, you know, taking a gallon with me and drinking it throughout the day. Something as simple as that, like, I don't have access to water 24-7, so I have to bring it with me. You know, the same thing with you guys on the drill yard. Like, I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure, like, you got hoses, but I don't think you want to drink from them. So. <laughs> No, but, I just uh, yeah. Not anymore. <laughs> but it's and it's like you're talking about. It's like you know something something as simple as lawn care. Like how many guys probably go out lawn care and like yeah I'm not going to pack a lunch or anything like that. Yeah. It's like yeah. when you could, you know, instead of eating out or anything like that, you know, maybe you're not making the best choices eating out, but you know when you prep, you probably feel a hundred times better. Um, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely you know, and that goes back to that, that adapting and preparing. You're, you're not only preparing for the, 
the week or preparing for the month or preparing for a block or a cycle that you're in, you're also preparing individually for the day. How are you going to prepare yeah. for your day to be able to handle all of the crap that's thrown at you day in and day out? <laughs> and going back to, I mean, not to, not to say that, you know, my schedule, your schedule is easy, but man, I look at some of people's schedules that I, that I have that are, uh, you know, training underneath me and man, like Jim right now, that poor guy is going from days to nights to days to nights. He's up three it's, nights it's in a row, comes in. Yeah. And, and it's definitely shown in his training, you know, he'll have one day where he's knocking out of the park and he's like, man, I'm ready to go up. This is, this is easy. And then the very next day, because of what's going on with his schedule at work, he comes in and he's like, Hey, I'm failing my lifts. I, I just, you know, I was supposed to be doing a set of four and I only did three and I failed the fourth one. What do I do? And it's one of those things where we're just kind of playing it by ear. And it's like, you know, look at the failures as just speed bumps. And we're not mm-hmm. really, I'm personally, anyway, I'm not really changing his training around that because it's frequently trained changing his schedule is. So I'm kind of taking the bad days as bad days and the good days as good days and just letting it kind of even out, you know, at least for now until we can figure out some sort of consistency with his schedule. But having a schedule in, in, in the first place is, is so beneficial to, to be able to create those habits and to create it so that every single day you can kind of not necessarily be the same, but you're able to kind of set everything up the same as far as little aspects of it. So like you said, your training is now at about two, two thirty every single day that you train. That's fantastic because now it's consistent with that. If you exactly. wake up at 8am and going to the gym one day, and then you're going to the gym the next day, 8pm, that's going to change things a lot. Right. <clears throat> so having some sort of consistency is a, is a pretty big deal. So here's a question for you, because I've got a, I've got a, I mean, we're coming up to holiday season. Everybody travels during holiday season. So you talked about going to a new gym. What, uh, what can we do to adapt ourselves to temporary gym status? So like, if we have to go out of town and Hey, we got to get the work in programming is there. How are we going to, how are we going to do that? The new gym, what do you suggest? Be prepared. You know, do your research beforehand. That's probably one of the best things, you know. Um, so, for instance, like when we went house hunting out here the first time, you know, before all, before I even came out, afraid on the flight or anything like that, it was, okay, well, where's the gym? You know, where's the grocery store? Where's all the stuff where I need it? And that way, you know, when we get out there, all I've got to do is go to these places. I've already got them picked out. I already know where I'm staying. You know, if it's, it's not something where, you know, I go and then I'm like, well, crap, you know, close to the gym's an hour away from me. I'm like, well, didn't really prepare for that. Right. Whereas, you know, then now at this point we can be like, okay, cool. So close to gym's an hour away. Cool. Well, you know what, let's take this week and let's focus on some bodyweight movements and some mobility uh, style stuff if we have to, you know, if it's something yeah, where it's like, you go in there then. If it's an hour away from where you're at, you just need to go somewhere else. Yeah, like even if it is a, uh, um, even if it is like a, a Globo gym or something, like the week isn't going to hurt you. Usually they have some kind of like pay for a week, even though it might cost you a fir- like your firstborn, but whatever. Um, it's it's one of those, yeah, better than not having a gym. But it's like, it's just being prepared is probably the best thing you can do. And then also, 
I would say probably just like talking with your coach, communicating, you know, saying, Hey, you know, I'm going to be gone this next week. You know, I had a couple of clients do that. Uh, Jeff was one of them that did that. And he was like, Hey, I'm going to be gone this week. And, you know, then this week he's like, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be able to get five days in, you know, what do you want to do? And I was like, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, what we'll do is we'll drop a training day. So we dropped an accessory day mm-hmm. and he went on his merry way with the rest of his workouts. That's all we did. We just had to drop one single day. But if it's something, you know, uh, where you've only got three days, but you usually train five days a week. Cool. Like let your coach know that way they can work with you and say like, and prioritize prioritize. Yeah. Or just change up frequency. It's like, you know, Hey, we usually hit this, 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 and this, you know, maybe it's, two squat sessions, three bench sessions, and two deadlift sessions in a week or something. It's like, cool. Well, then how do we change our programming to accommodate maintaining that frequency, but on a, uh, on a different level in three days versus five days. So it's just something where it's like, like, say what? I said, yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's just something where it's like, you know, how do you accommodate these changes, even if they are short term, you know, maybe you squat and bench and deadlift in the same day Ooh. for one of those days. You know, actually, it's it's I've done it a couple of times since I've been out here, and it's it's pretty fun. Yeah, they call uh, that a meet. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that that I think the other thing too is uh, is making sure that our athletes know that when you go into a different environment, you're going to different equipment and everything else that it's okay to fail, that it's okay to lower our numbers a little bit because it's one of those things, like you said, your body's being shocked right now. It's in a completely different environment. You're not used to that. You're not used to whatever environmental changes you have, whether it be colder weather, hotter weather, uh, altitude or anything else. And especially if you go to a global gym, that's got those little tiny benches that are like three inches wide. Yeah. I don't want you doing the same percentage that I had you programmed out on that tiny little bench. You're just going to get hurt, you know? So kind of giving them the leeway. So I think, I think what you said about uh, letting your coach know, that's a huge deal. You know, I, I don't, yeah. I don't want to know everything personal about everybody. I don't have time to listen to everybody's, you know, we're not a psychologist. Yeah. Yeah. But the more information, especially when it comes to training and like you said, recovery and stuff like that, that you give your coach, it, it just helps us. It makes us better coaches. It makes us, it allows us to, uh, to fit your programming around you and to fit the different exercises around you. So yeah, I think that's, mm-hmm. that's a huge deal for sure. Yeah. I mean, and it goes for the holidays too. Um, you know, we just had Thanksgiving come up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, uh, any of your clients came out and said anything, but like a couple of mine were like, Hey, you know, I'm traveling once again. So luckily like they, they didn't need anything done. They still wanted to train five days a week. But at the same time, I had a couple of them where I was just like, Hey, let's draw back a little bit. You know, you're traveling or you have family coming in, you know, stress is stress. We've talked about it before. It doesn't matter what form of stress, but that's all the body knows is stress. Right. So whether it's mental, physical, you know, you've got your mother-in-law coming in or something or, you know, family you don't like. <laughs> it's wow. so stress. It doesn't matter. Wow. You better, you better hope your wife agrees. I hope it. Oh, no. <laughs> I like my mother-in-law. 
<laughs> yeah, just, there's still like I have a capacity for people. <laughs> but yeah. no, it's uh, it, you know, just make the changes if you need to. If you don't, cool. There was a couple of clients, you know, I I chose to pull back on them a little bit just because I knew they were traveling. I knew they were, uh, you know, doing things for Thanksgiving that were going to have a little bit more stress added on to them. Mm-hmm. They didn't ask me to. I just took it upon myself just because, you know, your training, especially during the holidays, is second to family, oh, in yeah. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like Sometimes you have to train, though, get that iron therapy. Oh. We were just talking about that the other day with, uh, with one of my athletes who really needs some iron therapy, so. I mean, shoot, even Hana needs some right now. <laughs> Working in the retail world during uh, Black Friday and everything. That's, I feel bad for. I think she's been working 12 Go hours. Go take a bath, do something. I mean, don't do that. I mean, um, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's find the things that uh, help you recover, help you relax. Um, even if it is, you know, just going to the gym, maybe you lower your, lower your weights like you said or something like you Mm -hmm. you only have so much like that bucket of adaptations you know and the bucket of recovery is only so big you can only dig so deep into them before you just hit the bottom of them you're like trying to dig through the bottom of it you're not getting anything else you know if it's a well i've got a five by ten it's like cool maybe you don't need a five by ten during this time maybe a two by ten is fine for you right now yeah so yeah just to move through the through the motions kind of deal yeah, it's a very arbitrary example, but I mean, it's an example nonetheless. But so uh, let's uh, let's talk about one more topic here um, in this podcast. This one. Let's see. How can I tie this in? Um, adapting to new federations. What the <laughs> hell happened with USAPL? Let's let's talk about that. <laughs> oh, the whole like leaving the IPF and all. Yeah, leaving, banned, I quit, you're fired. Uh, yeah. It's like, which one came first? Did you quit or did you fired? Right, who you knows? can't fire me because I quit. Well, I just fired you. Well, I just quit. Oh, oh. <laughs> so with them leaving now, you think this is going to be beneficial for them or beneficial mm-hmm. for the sport? What, what are your thoughts overall about this? It could go either way because now this gives them the leeway to say, Hey, this is what we want to do now. Mm-hmm. Or hey, these are the changes we want to make. I believe they're pulling in different classes now again. Yeah, yeah. Or, they announced uh, the other day that they're doing. Uh, they're going back to the traditional uh, weight class. Traditional, yeah, the traditional. Male, I think it's like ninety and hundred. So, yeah, yeah. Um, aren't they going all the way up to like three hundred eights for females now? Um, I think they went up to two. Maybe it's USPA or no, WRPF is what I'm thinking about. So there is a petition to go up to 308 for females and yeah. doing the split, which in, in all honesty, just makes sense. Like, I, I mean, even exactly. to be honest with you, even ending a male at 308 at this point in time doesn't seem like it's a good idea because we have competitors that are way, way bigger than that, you know, to say, okay, 308 plus is its own category unlimited. I, I don't like that. I'd like to yeah. see it go higher than that too, but. Well, so, and it's like this, like the growth of the sports, like they, the, the sport itself no longer fits within that defined weight class. Yeah. That, so like, Jesus, dude, like over the five past five years, how much, how much growth have you seen on the female side of powerlifting? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. you've yeah, got people like Steffi Cohen and Mariana. Yeah. Like that's, that's crazy. 
like you've got so many more people now that are drawing people in Steffi Cohen, Mariana Gaspari, uh, that's how I pronounce her last name. I don't remember. Um, Miana, Miana Aldersworth over by y'all. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you got all these people who are, you know, roping in more females to, to the sport itself. And it's, it's grown so much. Hey, you saw recruit. We're about 50, 50 on membership. And then my athlete wise, I'd say I'm about probably 60. I coach more females. Mm-hmm. I coach yeah. more females than I do males right now, which yeah. is funny. So, Absolutely. <laughs> so I did talk to, uh, I had the opportunity to talk to a competitor who came in for a drop in uh, about a week ago. And we were talking about the whole USAPL thing and the, uh, what, what's the, the new fed that IPL is doing now? The American. Um, I can't remember. I, for some reason I was going to USPC, but. That's no, no, no. Are no, they even no. the Fed still? Another one. It's, a, it's some American something or another. That's going to be the the internationals' new American uh, uh, federation that's going to tie directly to them now, because obviously, and I hate to say it, but because obviously with with IPL, they knew they couldn't walk away from the U.S. As much as they love to talk smack about us, they couldn't walk away from that many competitors. So they were like, okay, we're going to ban USAPL, but we're going to make a new Here's Fed a new take fed. the place. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. We're going to call it USAPLL. <laughs> like, you know, whatever. Maybe. I, don't, I don't even know what it's called. USAPL 2.0. It's like, but, you know, talking to this competitor, though, because he's a, he's a nationally ranked competitor, he, uh, he was telling me, he's like, yeah, unfortunately, I can't stay with the USAPL because of that fact. He's like, I have to be able to have the ability to, to compete internationally. And that's the only opportunity is that or go USPA route, which I've talked to a, quite a few people that are moving into the USPA route yeah. because of that as well. So, I mean, you, well, you especially see- like with USPA having now a drug test. Yeah. And- yeah. Look at how many drug testing meets we have right now in Florida that they're, they're planning. Like it, popping up getting, a lot more. It, it's getting to the point where you're starting to see almost, I would say half the meets now are going to have, a drug tested day and a non-tested day instead of just mm-hmm. a big non-tested event because there's so yeah. much desire for the uh, the drug test, which is fantastic. I love it. Let's keep it going. Yeah, exactly. Let's, let's keep the entire sport going. Non-tested, tested, I don't care. But, but as far as like USAPL and, you know, the, the things going on with them, it's like, I feel like it's just like a brother-sister fight right now and they're just separating from each other. So yeah. Yeah, it's I'll be interested to see what they do and how they move forward with this, because, like I said, it gives them so much like so much leeway to do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. You know, I know Matt's were, about it over at Pioneer moves yeah. in your area as well. You freaking move to the Mecca, apparently. It's, it's everything <laughs> in Texas. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it's like. You know, there are so many different things they could do. They could add a rap division now if they wanted. I know mm-hmm. they were going back and forth with that beforehand. You know, they're, one of the main reasons why I switched to USPA was because I wanted to compete in raps. I can't do that in USAPL because I'd have to compete on the equip side. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I just wanted to compete in classic raw. All right, well, you know, USPA is the only, or not the only, but the USPA was the Fed that was able to do it at that point in time. Right. So, it was definitely the biggest fed with the most competition with it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have other opportunities as well. RPS, you know, WRPF, these different feds, APF, 
But the, the, let's be honest, though, when you look at that, when you look at the amount of competition that they have, either A, they don't have a lot of competition at the local size that's, yeah. that's you know, really competitive, where you, you walk in there with a, a 16, 1700 total and you're going to blow people out of the water, which is nowhere near the case when it comes to, you know, USPA or USAPL or anything like that. Or you had it where like with WRPF right now, who's definitely, they're definitely growing fast, but you're still yeah. only looking at like, even in Florida, only like one to two meets a year that are WRPF sanctioned, you know? So that's I think the hybrid showdown is a WRPF. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple. Um, I think there's one up in Panhandle area somewhere that I yeah. saw pop up. WRPF is actually uh, going into a nationals route now too mm-hmm. um, on the drug tested side of things. So I think Micah Marino is uh, yep. Over uh, Vegas. heading that up. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it's an interesting time for as far as like all the federations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I would love to see just, you know, a universal federation for everybody, but it's, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. No, no, there's too many. I mean, it, it's like anything else, but there's too many, people who are, you know, king of the hill of their little domain and, and they want to keep mm-hmm. it that way. And then there's the, also the nuances of how they select judges, how they allow yeah. athletes, um, you know, each little different thing. Well, I don't like that they, they do this. So we're going to, we're going to make our own federation that allows a fat pad on there. So you made or an politics. entire federation just for that. Okay, cool. Yeah. But that's, it works, you know? And I mean, as long as it's growing the sport, we're still in good shape until yeah. it starts completely separating and we have, you know, a belt squat division. <laughs> Sorry. I said that as you were drinking, I, <laughs> I know we talked about our obscure, our obscure sports oh. uh, powerlifting federation, where it's going to be uh, something like a, a Spoto bench, a, uh, a belt squat and a, a, a hex bar deadlift or something. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. Instead of the hex bar, let's make it a, uh, like a suitcase deadlift or um, a Jefferson deadlift. Nobody wants to do a Jefferson. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that. <laughs> you got to try to make it easier. We'll do a hex bar. We'll do a hex bar with the, uh, the wagon wheels on it. There so we go. It's like, so it's like a two-inch lockout. <laughs> yeah, but you got to have like the long handles. Yeah, yeah so it's oh, a two-inch. It'll be perfect. Chair. It'll be perfect. Yeah. Along with our belt yeah. squat. Yep. And we'll do we'll do a slingshot spoto press. Oh Jesus! You don't even have to come all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> the new phrase is "how much you belt squat." Dude, threaten me with a good time. <laughs> right now, with the way my back feels, that's probably about all I could do. So, <clears throat> yeah, let's talk about that too. Like, how does your uh, how's your back feeling after coming off the meat and everything? Um, doo doo. <laughs> <laughs> So, so going into the meet, uh, for those that don't know, uh, literally a week out from the meet, I ended up straining my back uh, on the last workout before going into a deload. It was absolute perfect timing, lightweight deadlifts, not a big deal, just probably stupidity mostly on my part, mixed with a little bit of bad luck. Uh, I was kind of rushing through it a little bit and, uh, you know, doing singles at 80%, which is nothing you know what i mean and ended up throwing my back um got some quick work done as far as a, a sports therapy goes 
did a little bit of recovery work, went through with my deload. I think the first day I got under, under the bar, got to do squats. I couldn't do higher than 235, I think was as high as I went. And even that was killing me. So the day of the meet, it was kind of up in the air. I had no clue what I was going to do. I ended up dropping mm-hmm. all my, my openers down to basically what would be my last warm up before I was going to do my opener just to try to keep those numbers low enough. And yeah. uh, it, it worked out. I got a total, but uh, on my second attempt deadlift, um, I went up to where my opener was going to be and it just, it tightened up real nasty put it back down. And now I've, since then, you know, I've been, I had one session with the sports therapist and, uh, been doing a decent amount of rehab work, but man, my, my piriformis and my, uh, my TFL, both TFLs actually are just unbelievably tight. So it is what it is. Like you said, though, adapt and overcome. Yeah, exactly. Going through the motions, uh, a lot more mobility. Have you made any training changes? I know um, you're with, really. uh, Trevor and stuff. So, not really. So I will say, so with Trevor, he likes to do a reload that um, provides options after the uh, the meet. So he'll have a barbell reload and a non-barbell reload. So I've kind of took it um, and mixed them together and kind of picked a version of it. Yeah, because I mean, I knew I wasn't going to get under the bar and start squatting again this week. That just wasn't going to yeah. happen. So I was like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll hold off on doing squats, but we'll do other stuff like goblet squats and, you know, lighter weight things, lunges and everything like that. And then um, same with like deadlifts. I, I knew I'm not even going to try deadlifts that, that first reload week. So we did a bunch of other things that were, you know, getting the motions down, but not actually doing a deadlift. And, and yeah, you did something similar to where it was like, you're still loading through the movement. You're still going through that range of motion. Yeah. 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 More mobility rather than axial loading. So, mm-hmm. which is good. It felt good. And then we're, we're moving in right back into the, uh, into the next block right now, which is a lot of, of, uh, hypertrophy work, which is exactly what I wanted. Yeah. First we work at the blood flow and get that good pump going and everything make use of all these uh, holiday meals. <laughs> so what's next? You go to the bodybuilding? <laughs> no, never again. <laughs> Back to it. <laughs> I, 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 I did that. I'm good. Been there, done that. I'm not moving. I'm not yeah. going back. You can't make me. That seems like the thing, though. Piloting going to uh, bodybuilding and everything. It's getting popular. I've noticed a lot of lifters going that route especially into like the physique categories and everything like that. I, yeah. That's been yeah. popular. It's either that, or I go back to the other sport I used to do, which was mixed martial arts because I see that all the time too. Powerlifting mm-hmm. going into, you know, doing jujitsu and boxing and everything else. So yeah, I'll just yeah. stick with powerlifting. <laughs> it's well. you remember what I have to do. <laughs> Bench deadlift. Perfect. I got that down. I can count it on one on one finger, Jesus Christ, one hand. <laughs> That's why we power lift. <laughs> and exhibit A. All right, well, Jesus. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> what else do we got to talk about? I guess I can go to my meet. I guess I never, I never put anything up about it. Yeah, what happened with that? So. I know it was kind of a uh, a last minute jump in meet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we can talk about that. Um, yeah, no, so the entire meat prep, um, let's see, everything felt like it was 20 pounds heavier than it should have compared <laughs> to what the last meat was. Um, 
So, but no, uh, it goes back to like the whole recovery thing. I was going through uh, finding out what my orders were and all the drama that came with that. So, mm-hmm. um, which is how which, many you know, changes? Like ten date changes? I don't even remember anymore. Just, it was yeah. Let, let's. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot of stuff that just went on that was just like, are you kidding me? So it was a lot of mental fatigue, mostly, I think, um, and which it left me training at a bunch of different times. Like nothing was standardized, nothing was habitual, anything like that. So, you know, one day I might be squatting at four o'clock. The next day it might be, or the next week might be squatting at seven o'clock and, you know, no spotters, or I might have 40 spotters. Yeah. My second to last heaviest squat was like, 300 kilos and i had no spotters it was like well you, you either make this or you may die so you have two right. choices um because you all know it's like you know like, well, i can't go down but <laughs> it would have been the smart choice but whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah, um, that ego. yeah, yeah, yeah. But no i was slated to compete in i think it was ohio i think it was where they happened to meet at um yeah september 11th right yeah the never forget could be classic um i was slated to meet to meet slated to do the meet out there and the way things worked out just like travel and whatnot and then covid started coming back up which is a different story but we will uh, get into that yeah exactly. <laughs> but uh they started doing other people are listening people. being that you're in texas and i'm in florida maybe a little bit uh jealous of you know freedom <laughs> <laughs> Florida is like the wild west more than Texas. Florida, like, you know what? Do what you want. I don't care. Hey, so lowest, some of the lowest COVID numbers in the country right now. <laughs> You're welcome, America. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like due to some travel restrictions that they were imposing more, it just, it wasn't going to work out. And then trying to like find a house and everything, well, all the expenses that came with that, it just, it wasn't working out. So I made a decision to jump in on, uh, well, what was the name of that? Iron something. Iron Nightmare. Iron Nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Corey's meat. Yep. It turned out to be a really good meat. Um, well, it was yeah, the judging was flawless. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Although I will say, apparently, uh, Kyle, he showed me this in one of the videos like a few weeks afterwards, but one of the females that was like, uh, spotting apparently it was just you know a split squat every single time so it was a very awkward like way to spot somebody oh really for squats yeah yeah she was just doing a split squat basically and like never touched the weight Hmm. so it's like all right well but they had some good spotters so i wasn't too worried about that um but no i mean as far as like everything else it went good uh finished up meat prep uh, I had to move things up a week, so we pretty much, or I pretty much changed everything. You know, it took a week, made that my meat deload. Um, wasn't too concerned as far as like what the numbers were on the very last week because things were moving. I had to cram everything together, and it just didn't really work out that well. You know, my second to last and my very last squat were the same number, and so I just took 300 kilos again. And then uh, from there, went to the meat deload, you know, day of the competition. Luckily, it was, you know, I think it was like an hour away, so it wasn't bad at all. But Yeah, that was nice, for sure. Yeah, it was. 
uh, went through, went through the competition, everything. I think I opened around like 640 on squats. I don't remember off the top of my head. And then jumped to 688, which was a meet PR. So that was pretty cool. Um, I got a little forward on that one. So it was a little bit more of a grinder than I was hoping for. And then um, they had some issues with the, uh, uh, the roster and changing so mm-hmm. much. So not that this is really an excuse. Um, my last attempt, I spent like five minutes in the wraps. So I wasn't prepared for it. But I think going forward, when I start wrapping again, I'll probably end up spending a little bit more time in the wraps before like uh, squatting or anything like that, just to get a little bit more comfortable in it. So if a situation like that does arise, it's easy. You know, it'll be something that's not foreign anymore. Um, but I missed 705. Uh, but still, it was cool to be able to actually attempt 705 in a meet setting. Yeah, that was pretty out. cool. Um, I unracked it and everything. And I felt pretty solid until I started to walk out and I looked like a baby chicken. So, <laughs> dude. Oh, dude, that was, that was rough. Like I, I walked it out and I made the mistake of, of unracking it too wide. So there was like no stability. As soon as I started walking it out, it was just like, Oh, okay. Uh, this is 700 pounds on your back and have fun playing giraffe. So, but uh, yeah, so missed that and then just kind of recouped. So it turns out I probably tore a little bit of my tricep on that squat. Um, not bad enough to it actually affected anything. Um, went to bench press, opened, I think I want to say I opened around like 375 or 385. I don't remember. Uh, hit that pretty easy. Probably some of the fastest benches that have ever moved and then jumped up to 402 smoked that and i think we jumped up either either 408 or 413 i was letting kyle hand me that day in which he did a phenomenal job like it would have been the same jump i would have made um so we we jumped up like i said either 408 413 and i just i couldn't keep position like as soon as i started coming down i felt it my arm kicked out and i was like nope that's not happening yep Um, up a little bit yeah yeah uh moving on to deadlifts though deadlifts they're moving um despite you know how the entire peak felt uh deadlifts moved i opened at 661 and then we jumped up to 695 i think it was and that moved easy i could have i should have pulled 720 740 at that meet but um Apparently, you know, breathing and staying awake is more difficult for me than most just, people. Just know you like, you know, you really like your nap time. So, <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he called 695, which is still a meat PR. And it ended up being like a 30, 30, 40 pound meat PR. So it was still, it was still a good call. Um, like hats off to Kyle on that. You know, good calling. Um, I like how it was nice to have disappointed, even though you still were top lifter for the day. <laughs> like, yeah, it went okay, I guess. Got top lifter, no big deal. Won but, some money. You know. It was cool. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, like, I'm disappointed with the outcome, but at the same time, I'm not. That's like, I'm happy I hit meet PRs. Exactly. It's like, 
be disappointed and proud at the same time because it's like you know i hit what uh 40 50 pound meat total pr so second your second attempts were good enough to to give you top lifter i mean that that's that's huge in itself you know yeah um even without third attempts we yeah i mean the the third attempt deadlift was a full send just to try to lock in an 1800 pound total we would have been right at like 1801 but i just couldn't stay awake with it uh i think i'm like i think part of the reason was just over bracing and then getting forward in the deadlift mm-hmm. and then probably too much ammonia um, I, I remember that deadlift you uh yep. were coming right up to the lockout too and it was right there and then just went night night it was like oh 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 god he's gonna pass out here he goes <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least it wasn't as bad as battle of the bay like that one was <laughs> no well oh that was good i think i still have a video somewhere of me casually walking up to you and looking at you and seeing you open your eyes and be like he's fine he's fine yeah <laughs> wake up dalton <laughs> yeah the only thing like chico was standing over me was like holy crap you scared me and i was like oh like that's the only thing i could say was just like non-coherent or anything like that i don't remember yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly like i don't remember you walking me off i don't remember any of that <laughs> so but uh no like i so oddly enough um i did come out out of that meet with a few injuries but it was it was weird because it was like the opposite side that was actually hurting that ended up being uh bruised and painful after that so i had a little adductor injury um but that seems to be uh pretty much on the uptrend i'm starting to as far as like squats, I'm, I'm hitting SSB every week, comp squats every week, weights are still trending up. I'm trending towards, you know, as far as like comp squats, hitting into the, the low fives for uh, some pretty good number PRs, rep PRs and things like that. So it's, it's trending up, it's trending up pretty good. Good, 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 good. So. Good, good, good. All right, brother. Yeah. I think it's a, probably a good place to to clip it. This first long distance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> long distance relationship. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening to the podcast. As always, if you like it, if you hate it, well, if you hate it, just leave me alone. I really don't care. But if you like it or you have any uh, questions or concerns or topic ideas or anything like that, you can always email us at uh, recruitstrengthoutlook.com. Visit the Recruit Strength website, uh, www.recruitstrength.com. And uh, otherwise, we will see you next time.